0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Bring on the Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Luke Thompson. Ty Berger is here with us today. Ty, how are you? Doing great. Good to be here. Yeah, good to have you. And Nick Lecky, really happy to have him back joining us. Nick, what's going on?
1: <laughs> Not a whole lot. Just trying to recover from uh, the weekend and then trying to recover for the upcoming holiday festivity and drinking action going on. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, and for I guess we should offer congrats to Nick. You know, he was uh, this past weekend in New Orleans for the the 10-year reunion of that Super Bowl team. So um, that sounds like it was a good time. Yeah, it let me offer my
2: congrats. That was
1: super cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was cool, and I think that's the cool thing about titles. It's like. When we won the Super Bowl, it's like you won it, and you know all your friends and family were there, and we had a really good time that night. And then I woke up the next morning and was like, "All right, that was fun. Let's now let's win it uh, next year." So you mm-hmm. like literally you're you're so programmed just to be like <laughs> on to the next. And now when you're done, it's like really stinking cool that that happened.
0: Yeah, you go out in New Orleans. You wear that ring around, show everybody.
1: <laughs> um, I did not. No, I okay. wait. I did a couple times, but no. Cause mm-hmm. like I mean you're pretty much just asking people to come up and and talk to
0: you,
1: <laughs> yeah. So which, which I don't mind at all, you know, because I'm I'm small enough where I I slip through the cracks. But yeah, it's good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: And. Uh, I guess, you know, uh, while we're offering congrats, Nick, you know, we should say we talked to you before the season. You said eight to ten wins for this team. I think Ty and I didn't say anything out of respect, but maybe we're rolling our eyes a little bit. But, you know, <laughs> here we are. So, you know, good work on that. And not that far away from ten wins either, you know. I,
1: yeah, I know. Well, I mean, you you take that West, that crummy West Virginia loss uh-huh. And, yeah, it just, man, it would have been nice to have that back for sure. Yeah, and, but just yeah. one of those things where it just didn't happen.
0: And then, I mean, I was thinking of you, the game in Austin. That must have been tough with your son I mean, watching yeah. that lead.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to see him cry. <laughs> I really did. But in the in the end, I, I was happy. I was happy that, that he was happy. But I wish yeah. Chris would have won those are one, some miserable things.
2: One of those few times as a parent when you actually want to see your children cry. Yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah, right, exactly. It's a extremely I can't. rare
2: occasion where you're just like, ha <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah,
0: what do you guys think as parents, sorry, we're getting kind of off topic here, but I saw this deal where, like, apparently parents these days, a lot of them go to Santa and do things to make their kid cry just so they can get a picture of their kid crying with Santa.
1: I think it's the opposite of the whole like social media. Everything is great, and it I, it feels like like people are trying to adopt realness. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and I think that that's kind of cool. But then at the same time, by trying to adopt realness by faking the crying, is in itself a parody of itself, right? It's like you know, like that. Uh-huh. so it's like this weird this weird thing, right, where you're like you know you're trying to be. You know, you if you post on social media, it's, you know I am the humblest person ever, right? It's kind of like <laughs> that statement. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're deep in when you're when you're doing that with your kids, you're deep into the theater of the absurd.
1: Yeah, yeah. truly, who I
2: like that. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you really are.
0: so getting back to Kansas State, uh, you know, Nick. The one thing you said, we talked about how tough it is to win in Lubbock at night, and then. Kansas State went and did it anyway Uh, yeah what do you think about that one
1: Well, that was fun uh we watched that game in in uh we were in Miami for a friend's uh 50th birthday party and I was like in and out of consciousness uh at that it was just (laughs) such (laughs) such a cool win because I mean it's it's tough man and then you know it's like one of those places where man it's you know those those fans get fired up and you know they're wearing all black under the lights and yeah, just some I mean, special teams, you know, came on big late uh, in a lot of a lot of the games that they won and that were decided by a touchdown or less. You know, that was the deal breaker.
0: Yeah, and so it was, you know, another thing that was really cool about this season is we kind of it felt like we got to enjoy it with the team more. You know, with all the social media stuff and the locker room talks and everything that the team was doing. But you know, so along with that, what kind of benefits, you know, did you see from the changes in culture at Kansas State?
1: Well, you just see guys that were were allowed to express themselves, like you know, where like it's not like the the Yankees where you got to shave your beard and keep your mustache. Right, it's like, you know, you you can be yourself. You know, you can grow your your beard out, in which you can't could before. But it just felt like there was um, everyone was having a great time and everyone was flourishing. And not to say that under they weren't having a good time, but he just. I think we were allowed to see more. And that update is what we needed as fans, right? To get us more engaged and to also bottom line, help recruiting. Right. I, I think you have to have that social media presence and you know for all these, these recruits to to put on the gear and take their pictures. And I was in the the video room with Scott Eiler and his crew and I'm watching the game films. And they had come back from like his his uh, guys he works with there. They had come back from the field and they were testing purple smoke, like smoke canisters for photo shoots. And I'm like, "That's a new one for you guys." So like, yeah. And they're like, "We absolutely love it. They absolutely yeah. love it." It's <laughs> really cool.
0: Yeah. What do you think of the new uniforms? Some of the stuff they have.
1: I love it. I love it. I mean, you know, I think I I, I posted on Twitter that my high school team in Grapevine, Texas has yeah. more color combinations than my college team and so it's cool you know and it's cool it's cool to see them get get with it because you know I mean kids coming from from high school now they're like what we only have two uniforms and and people will say you know oh look at Alabama or look at you know other schools And it's like man you need an update I mean yeah. it's it's all about recruiting that's the bottom line you know that's how you build programs and you have to appeal to that and you have to change it up and I don't think it's like a oh let, let's um they were terrible when you wore those uniforms and it was like it ain't about that man it's just it's about honoring the the history and, and the tradition of k-state and and i think you have to recognize your past with all that stuff too and it's really hey. cool oh, gosh.
2: <laughs> hey nick is that is that more a comment on the conservative nature of k-state with uniforms or on the excesses of texas high school football <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's definitely dual serving is what it is I <laughs> like, yeah.
2: it's more of a sneak is what it was you know <laughs> well i mean it, it's certainly not limited there uh Lee summit high school here where i live i remember seeing them play a few years ago and they were wearing these pink uniforms because it was I, I think they were for like you know breast cancer awareness yeah. month or something like that and Lee Summit High, Luke, you may know this, they're the Tigers, and they have the same logo as Mizzou and the black and gold color scheme, okay. and here they are out there in, like, these pink striped uniforms. It was <laughs> wild. That's cool.
1: Well, and then and if, if, if you look at, like, kids these days, too, and how they dress, right, where it's, um like, they, they, they dress funky, right? You know, they, they see, you know, guys like Odell Beckham and <laughs> and and they like all the bright colors and and they want to you know look good play good mentality and so I think it's got to translate to on the field and you got to adapt to get those get the recruit and the you know bring some fun and energy to your players man.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know the one guy that everybody really pointed to as far as you know benefiting from the coaching change was Skylar Thompson and you know he talked about it some and. I think there was there was less pressure on him. Obviously, the quarterback job was his all year. That was that was made clear from the beginning. You know, he wasn't perfect by any means, but had some really good games in there and, and a pretty good season overall. You know, what what did you see in his play that changed this season? Do you think?
1: I mean, going from a sophomore to junior year, like I mean, honestly, I'll I'll say it now, but I thought he performed so poorly last year and then knowing that it was based off of of him not knowing who the starter was until the kickoff right before you know they sent him like you know playing with that that sort of mentality sucks because you're not playing to win you know you're playing to keep your job and to be on such a, a, a short leash it really doesn't allow you to flourish and him him being named a starter um, you know, Delton transferring and uh, having, you know, this coaching crew help him out. You could tell like he benefited from all that coaching and all that, you know, freedom and, and confidence to say, okay, I'm not worried about my job anymore. I'm worried about, I'm worried about winning these games and I'm worried about the opponent at hand. And, and you could tell that really, that freed Skylar up a lot, you know, allowed him to make more decisions and they, um and I think that the offense, you know, I think they schemed them well, where, they were like, okay, you know, we're, we know you're not a running quarterback, but, you know, let's get your confidence in passing. And then we'll sprinkle in a few runs. And then as the year progressed, Skyler can run the ball. Skyler can run, run the crap out of the ball. And so it's just one of those things where it's like, wow, this development like is, is the best development I've seen of a quarterback um, in, yeah. in a year, for sure. And,
0: and it looked like he really wanted to run the ball, which was a lot better yeah. from last season.
1: Well, and and I think with anything, right? You guys know it's just confidence, right? You got to have that confidence to do something. And if you're not a, a confident runner, then you know you're going to be timid and and you're going to get blasted and you're just going to ruin your uh, ruin your skills and your confidence level.
0: Mm-hmm. And it helped that he was playing behind an an experienced offensive line, of course. Thank you about that, you know, I think one of the big surprises in that postseason awards was all the accolades for Josh Revis, just because you know he was kind of the sixth man in there, not even necessarily a starter, but obviously he did really I mean, as someone who watches the offensive line, probably more than the average viewer, you know, was that less of a surprise for you?
1: Absolutely it was. Every time he'd go in, I'd be like, oh man, he is doing so well. And I was like, it's a matter it's only a matter of time before he's the uh, the starter because he was just really, really good player, really aggressive and he's just learning the system. And I mean to be a what a sophomore. Oh, it was awesome. It was so cool. And he just, he, he he's hes the fit. You know, he's a great fit. And, and every time he played, I'm like, he made a couple of mistakes here and there, you know, some some little things. But, I mean, we all make mistakes no matter, you know, what age we're at. And um, nothing that was unforgivable and, and just, you know, it was really cool to see. Really cool to see.
0: That. And I think it makes us all feel better about next season, too,
1: the offensive line. 100%, right? He's probably, he's the only guy coming back, right? Right. Right. Yep. that's going to be crazy but you know I, I trust that Connor Riley's going to get these guys right I've met with him and I've watched them practice a couple times uh, which is why you know I, I I figured they're going to win eight to ten this year is that mentality they have there it's awesome you know Connor was it was a gifted alignment at, at North Dakota State I believe and he did really well or nor just North Dakota I believe Oh, so okay. it's cool man he, he's going to do some really good things with them
2: Hey, Nick, I had a question for you while we're talking offensive line. I was at that West Virginia game and I was actually sitting with some high school coaches, so i was I, I you know I was actually around people who know football better than I know football um and after the game, they were asking me some questions, and they were like, "Hey, you know it looked like you guys were running a lot of a lot of zone blocking schemes in that game, They're like I thought this coaching staff was all about gap blocking and a gap power and all that, and I was like you know i I honestly hadn't been looking for it, but I kind of went back and thought about things a little bit, and I'm curious about what you think about this, Nick. I felt like early in the year they were trying to do that, and they really, I mean, they were just terrible on offense against Baylor and Oklahoma State at the start of the conference schedule. Did you see them adjust something like that as the year went on to try to fit their personnel a little bit better, or am I just completely off base here?
1: Well, obviously, we, we all saw the um the the brilliant play where um, the, the left guard pulls and then stops and then they uh, kind of do a like a bend back. Um, what teams were doing, especially early on, where opposing linebackers were were flowing over the top and so you know you try and run power, it's a slow developing play, and you know it's like electric football, right? The more people you stack in one area, the more it's not going to get there. So defenses were leaving themselves exposed in case they just didn't take advantage of that. Right. You didn't have any, here's your step one, run a power. Then here's your step two is you, you run a play action off that power or here's your, your step three, where, where you, you, you scheme it up like that, but then you make sure that you're hitting the backside of that power. And and so really it was just D line play and and, in linebacker play. So teams were doing that and it just took them all to adjust to it. But after they did, you know, you rarely saw them run the power, and there was more uh, full man zone blocking, which I think is, is fantastic because it eliminates when you do a zone blocking scheme. It's like whatever defense they throw in front of you, whatever they shift to, you essentially say, okay, we're going to go, you know, if it's true zone offense, you can say, we're going to do like, let's, we call it Ben Green in, in the, when I was with the Cardinals, and it's Ben Green and Ben Yellow. You know Ben Green, right? G R R is right, and Ben Yellow L L is left. And you just say, okay, Ben Green, you're going to the right. So I look at my my right side. Who's in this a gap? I'm blocking that person, and it just it just simplifies the game, and it allows you to to move quicker and to be stronger within knowing you have backup. That's cool. Uh,
2: Thanks, man. Yeah.
0: And the you know the kind of the up and down of the running game. I also wonder, and you know, I'm sure the coaches and players don't want to use this excuse, but there were a lot of Injuries in the backfield, you know, you kind of wonder like, what if they had had the personnel to run out that diamond formation more often as the yeah. season went on? Uh, how yeah, how much do you think that that had an impact? On kind of, those a lot. of those struggles,
1: it, it really did have a lot. I mean, you could tell when James Gilbert was healthy, or when Gilbert was healthy, you know, with Trotter to back him up, that they were unstoppable, right? Yeah. It was just, you know, they, they were everything, you know, the Oklahoma game is what i expected from k-state every game this season it it truly was where it's just like we're going to come in and we're going to run the ball right down your throat and what are you going to do about it and that mentality was there present there and everyone was healthy and it's when gilbert wasn't healthy you know then you couldn't get that that one-two punch from trotter or anyone else right
2: yeah and i I thought that was I thought that was part of the quarterback running game, too. Like, I, I don't think Skylar was ever really hurt, or at least I didn't hear about it. But I could tell later in the year, you know, he ripped off those three big games in a row with Oklahoma and KU, and I forgot what the other one was. But then it seemed like they really reined that back in later in the year. I, I don't know if that was because he was taking some hits or what, but it'd be nice if you had your full complement of running backs and you were able to mix in, sprinkle in a little bit of Skylar like we did in those three games.
1: Yeah, and you're right, and that's what they needed, right? You need Gilbert to be your workhorse, and then, you know, everything else is secondary after that because, you know, once you get them running with Gilbert, then it does open up your, your QB run game. And if that's not successful, then they're going to be like, okay, you know, we want you to do the QB run game because then we're going to we're going to take a shot at your quarterback too. So end of the season too, you want to be protectful of your quarterback as well to just limit hits, limit injuries.
0: Yeah. And it was good to see. I, I think I mean, personally, I, I felt a lot better about our receiving core by the end of the season, you know, especially what's coming back with, you know, obviously Youngblood and Malik Knowles and then even and Taylor got it going finally those last few games. You know, so just I mean, for you guys, how much did your confidence in the receivers change throughout the year?
1: Oh, it was cool, man. And Malik Knowles, you know, he can burn the top off of, of opposing defenses. And, you know, the, the the same thing with Youngblood. I mean, you know, the kick returner stuff, it, it plays well because, you know, you get a guy in space and then you try to utilize him like Tyreek Hill or or McColl Hardman. And it's it's nice when you got a guy who can make moves like that. You, just, you give him the ball and you let, let him make moves for you. And then let's not forget Dalton Schoen, too. You know, he, he had a, a pretty good year, too. Yeah, that's true.
0: And so to switch over to the defense, you know, Wyatt Hubert's coming back. How much of a challenge is it going to be for him to keep playing at the level that, that he played at this year when everybody's you know knows him now and he's losing most of the guys that are next to him?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, losing trade to Sean, you know, will definitely hurt. But, you know, I think that this coaching staff is reloading. And I, I think that under Scotty Hazelton, right?
2: Hazleton, um, yeah. yeah,
1: that they they are figuring it out, right? And you could tell that White f- figured it out late when they were keying in on him, right? You know, he had some big plays versus Tech, uh, versus Iowa State, and so I, I think I think he's only going to improve and to be a beast uh, as a sophomore, and then you have that have all that confidence going into your junior year. I mean, he's going to age like a fine wine you know yeah. but it will be yeah. important for for some guys to step up on that defensive line to fill those those big shoes too. Yeah.
2: I think the guy to watch like helping him out next year is Drew Wiley in the middle. Like I think Wiley's going to be pretty good in the middle. If we can find someone on that other side that's not just, you know, you know, not just getting run off the play every time. I think I think Wiley'll be all right, but you're right, he definitely needs some help. I'm hoping Wiley's that guy in the middle to help him out. I, I can see that.
0: And then in the secondary, I think it's kind of one of those things where you know you would have loved to have them stay more healthy and could have been better this year. But the silver lining is you got a bunch of young guys in there to start to get some experience. You know, you think that'll be beneficial down the road? I,
1: I really th- think it will be. I mean, uh, we're losing losing Denzel Goolsby, right? So that's going to mm-hmm. be that's going to be sad to to see him move on, finish eligibility. Uh, he's such an amazing player, both on the field and off the field. And once again, right? You got to trust Scotty that that he's got that perfect defensive coordinator mentality, right? And and he's he's gonna he's gonna find the right guys, and they're gonna get the right fits, and it, it, it'll be cool. I, you know, I, I trust his coach staff a lot.
2: Yeah, I really like you know you got AJ Parker back, and when he's healthy, he's good. You got yeah. Jerron McPherson, who's yeah. got the attitude to you know kind of you know kind of lay some hits on guys and get everybody rallied. You know, there are some really nice pieces coming back in the linebackers and in the secondary. So, yeah, I mean, I I feel like if they can get adequate play from the line. And again, like like you were alluding to, Nick, I mean, this coaching staff, you know, what does North Dakota State hang its hat on? It's line play on both sides and you got to have the horses to do it but these guys know how to coach it so and that's you know that's part of the battle too so you know hopefully we'll see uh you know we'll see some of that development some of that technique coming out next year because we got to we do have a lot of guys to replace on both sides yeah right
1: right well and then it's nice too with year 2 is is guys know the system better so fellow players can coach the other players who don't know it so well and then that only improves their skill because you know i feel coaching Coaching really improved my game when, when you, you talk to the younger players like, hey, this is how we do it. Um, you know, this is what I like to do. This is my kind of variation on, on what we do. And and that only just makes you stronger because then you think about it and they ask questions. You think about it more and and like, OK, well, I get why we're doing this now. And then once you see that overall scheme, that overall structure and knowing where, where your piece in that puzzle fits, then it's this man, your game gets so much better. And then with defense, man, just like offense, man, it's a, it's a team sport. And it, t- it takes all 11 guys out there firing on the same, same page.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, Nick. I mean, you, you only have so much time with, with your coaches. So you yeah. really have to have those leaders that can step in and say and see something going on that maybe the coaches can't see and be like, hey, man, you know, that's not how you do it. You got to do this or whatever.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's why that lead- leadership is so, so crucial within, within the locker room.
0: And along those lines, I mean, it's nice to have this extra month of practice and getting ready. And we haven't talked about the bowl game much because we'll have a podcast later where we talk more about Navy. But, Nick, I wanted to ask you real quick, you know, Navy obviously runs a unique offense and people talk a lot about that. But, I mean, is a situation where that's a big deal or with four weeks to prepare, can you kind of? Don't be ready for that. It, it, it'll be
1: nice to prepare. Like, you know, you always want to, in a bowl game, you want to throw in a few wrinkles. And um, it's different. Bowl games are different because you have all that time off. So whatever we saw versus Iowa State, it's going to be radically different. You know, guys will be coming back from injuries. You know, maybe a guy or two might sit out if, you know, they're thinking they're going to go on to the NFL or not. And um, it just just depends. But I think it's be the game that where you're going to have to utilize – all your defense alignment. So I think this is time for like the like the freshmen and sophomores uh, to get more reps in the game because of the 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 speed and the fury at which they hit Navy runs the damn yeah. ball. Yeah. And it's like yeah. you need all hands on deck for this. Right. It's going to be you're going to be running until your tongue's hanging off the side of your mouth. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Malcolm Perry is a, is that a player, and he can throw it a little bit too when he has to.
1: Yeah, when he has to, and then it stinks because it's like this, um, you know, they're like a, a military school, so it's like you don't really want to want to crush them, like. But I think going in, you know, after after you get that first hit, you know, it's just it's it's, it's a game, and you know, and those guys are just trying to play it as well as you. But um, that would be my my biggest concern is like, man, you know, these guys are, you know, the future of our country, right? You know,
2: they're.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's about time to have to wrap it up. But I mean, you guys just kind of any thoughts right now on, on where Kansas State football is the state of the program? Nick, I'll
2: let you have that one. I'll, um, I'll, I'll
0: chime in, but I'll let you pick that one. All
2: right. I
1: get you. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. We got Skyler coming back next year. You know, he's going to be a senior. So it's going to be huge. You know, he's got a year under his belt with Kleiman. And I, I'm really, I'm I'm excited. You know, we got some some good pieces coming back. And just being around this coaching staff, the few times I have at practice, and then um, Wyatt and I did, did this interview recruiting Dime in February. They have confidence, right? And it's not false confidence. They have actual confidence and a simple approach to the game. And it's all it's all true, you know. There's no bluster. There's no BS. And that is something where, if you're a genuine person and you're a genuine coach, then that that shows up in your players. And and I think that's part of the reason why I had so much confidence in the team going into the season, is because you have that. And you know, once you have that, man, and then you know they're starting to get in the good recruits too. And not that that makes a big a difference. You're just getting the right people, right? And and you're changing the culture. And so I mean, I'm excited. I'm super excited for next season. So, I mean, you know, you know me next season, you know, national championship or bust.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so so now I get to chime in and be the Debbie Downer here because I'm just <laughs> like, I, I mean, I will say this. I was very impressed with the results this year. I, I, I think before the season, I said, I, I feel like a, you know, a seven and five type of season is probably what I thought you know, it was about what we'd be looking at. And we ended up eight and four, you know, we got wins over Oklahoma, obviously that was a huge upset. I really like the win against Iowa state at the end of the season, because, you know, we don't want to get, we don't want to let Iowa state start thinking that they actually know. (laughs) Um, But I mean, like I look at, I I mean, I just look at the, all, all that they have to replace on the lines coming back next year. And I think the big 12 is going to be a lot tougher next year. I mean, basically everybody brings back their quarterback and the only one who doesn't, well, I mean, KU doesn't, but who cares? Um, <laughs> but the, the only one who doesn't is Oklahoma and they plug in a five-star quarterback with like basically all of their yeah. talent coming back. Like they're, <laughs> they're going to be okay. So, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's the cycle where we have five big 12 road games next year. I think everybody in the big 12 is going to be pretty much everybody's going to be at least as good as they were this year, if not better. I mean, I feel like we could, you know, we could plug and play pretty well on the lines and we could still end up, you know, just by final record, look like maybe we were just treading water. But, you know, as long as we don't have just a huge setback next year, I'll be really excited to see, you know, how they build those lines going forward because, they, you know, we've got the quarterback coming in and Will Howard. And, you know, so if we, if if we keep building toward that future, you know, if we keep building up the stable running backs and building up the, offensive line and the defensive line and all that. I mean, things could get really good, you know, if we can demonstrate, you know, next year that we can, you know, retool the line. Yeah.
0: Well, I appreciate you at least ending with some optimism there, Ty. That's, good. <laughs>
2: that, that's what counts for optimism. Everybody on Facebook hates me because they're like, why are you posting these articles where you predict that we're going to lose the game? Like, yeah. You should want yeah. me to predict that we lose because every time I predict that we win, we lose. <laughs>
1: I like that. I like that approach. You know, you're taking one for the team. I, I really respect that. I really do.
2: <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I predicted we'd beat West Virginia 41 to seven. I was like, I'm never gonna predict that we're
1: doing oh, <laughs> so, That's it. That's it. Yeah. You, you're the uh, you're the the chaos effect, right? Butterfly flaps its wings. I-
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah like I've got to be—I've got to be the sacrificial lamb here. Like, you know, I, I'm okay with people on Facebook being mad at me. Like, we'll do, we'll live with that, and uh, and we'll get our win. <laughs> I like <There>. it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> keep doing your part, right? Keep doing
2: your part. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, we we all have a role to play. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you're playing basketball, if you're, you know, if you're the tall guy who's supposed <laughs> to go inside, don't shoot threes. You're not out there yeah, to shoot threes. It. You're in there to get yeah. rebounds and make layups.
0: There you go. <laughs> All right, well, guys, I think we're gonna have to leave it at that. uh Nick, always appreciate you coming on. Uh, just reminding people can follow you on Twitter at Mr. Lucky. uh This is fun, guys.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I, I always enjoy this.
0: Yeah. All right, Luke Thompson. Yeah, thanks, y'all. So yeah.